0: Welcome to Monkey and Frank. My name is Doe and my body is dumb and I'm insane. And thank you for joining me. There's a few things that I wanted to uh to talk about today. And let's start with the uh, love monster. So this morning, um eh, this morning, there's a uh something that happened this morning with my daughter where she uh she explodes you know if something happens between her and her brother or it'd be you know I uh she doesn't like something I did to whatever you know she does what a normal four-year-old does which is explode and then when we got in the car to uh, bring her to daycare I the one thing that I keep telling her over and over again and it applies to me and I always forget is the idea that how do you go inside of yourself and find the love monster? And what I mean by that is when shit gets real and you know you've got anger in your heart or sadness or whatever it may be, what trick do you do to go inside of yourself to find love, your love, you know, your soul, and connect with it so that you can get out of your funk right and my daughter's <laughs> love my daughter love monster inside of her is uh, kiss um, kiss the ban. so this morning it was uh, Jane simmons so i was telling her dahlia you know you keep exploding and we need to find a way so that you can go back and find your love monster and as soon as i said that she's like daddy daddy it's uh, it's Gene Simmons today. I see Gene Simmons inside of my heart, and when when he does concert, he doesn't like loud noises, but he still does it anyways because he finds his love monster inside of himself, and he's able to, you know, find his center and just play loud music even though he doesn't like it. And I'm like, where the hell did she get that from? Right? He doesn't look like a guy who's afraid of loud noises, but. As soon as she found her love monster, as soon as she found her Gene Simmons, she was able to empower that archetype and just switch switch things around so freaking fast. And I'm like, God damn, like I need to listen to my words more uh, closely. So I was frustrated as well because as soon as they start screaming, like as soon as she starts screaming, then often the boy will kind of join in and start doing trouble as if you know to i don't know he's two years old and i don't know what's up with them but if one goes crazy the other one kind of just follows in a way and i don't know if he's doing it to protect his sister or to just make the situation worse or it's just a matter of an energy transfer right so the extreme energy goes inside of him and then he starts acting this way because i have to tell you when they do that it transfers to me and how do I go and find my love monster? So anyways, as she was explaining her, Jane Simmons, I'm like, God damn, what can I do? And I closed, not closed my eyes because I was driving, but I I went inwards and I started taking a few deep breaths and I started thinking of my soul monster, my, my love inside of me. And as soon as I thought of love, it bloomed inside of my heart and just took away all of my anger and I... And I felt shame for having exploded. I felt, uh, there was a release almost, like as if the shame was the next part. And then after the shame was like an understanding and a release, like a sigh of like, you know that one, when you feel so much shame that you just take that deep breath. So I kind of used shame to get out of it. Well, first it was love, of course, and then turned into shame. And then after that, I thought of like, what what character, what archetype would be the archetype of love, the one that I could use to get out of my funk, right? And I was thinking, and a lot of them came up, it'd be uh, Rick and Morty, you know, especially Morty, never mind Rick, Rick is an asshole, but he has his moments, but Morty, you know, he has a way to turn shit around, and or any one of my friends that are positive at the time or even like a love monster that like um, an imaginary friend that I create that just empowers the love that I've got inside of me and gets the yum 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 the anger away and I wanted to share it with you guys because oh my god just thinking about love turned my my boat around turned my shit around so that I could handle what was going on, and it blew my fucking mind. And then as I went on during the day, um, I was listening to, uh, I, I'm, I'm subscribed to a near-death experience on YouTube, you know, people that talk about their, because it's one way for me to do my practice of walking towards death, to starting to get more comfortable with that, starting to get excited about death. And the more that I listen to near that experience, the more that it's showing me that there's nothing to be afraid. Everybody goes through the same goddamn thing, and it can't be a coincidence. You know, the Internet, the age of information is here for a reason, right? The, the age of awakening, the age of us, you know, getting out of this funk that is, you know... Uh, Separateness, as if you are your own person, I am my own person, and it's all about my house, my things, and my growth, my company, my podcast, my YouTube. How can I get so much abundance so that I can separate from you guys and go buy a cottage and get the fuck out of here? Well, that's bullshit. It's the contrary. And it was really showing me that. So the near-death experience that uh, came out today was about a woman that uh, had a kidney stone or something like that and it made the her kidney not function so all of the toxin went back in her blood and she went i don't know what's the word but she died basically and in her death she you know she had the same experience right of seeing the body and then going backwards into the tunnel getting on the other side feeling a love that is indescribable it's basically you are being held in a soup or in a notion of love and the only th- and it's it's a love that honors you and it's not like you lose all of the memories of your guilt of your shame or anything but it's it's a love that supports all of those feelings as well that doesn't judge that's there to love you no matter what no matter what the shame what whatever you're carrying and she could feel her soul um, she could see Her soul and all of the little holes that it had, you know, of this is a shame, this is a fear, this is a, you know, whatever. And it was getting filled up by that love. It's kind of like a healing. So as soon as you die, no matter what you've done, you will get the healing from that energy. It be Allah, it be God, it be Krishna, you name it, it doesn't matter. It's the energy of love. And then when she came back, she had the ability, well, anyways, when she came back and she woke up, of course, um, back in 2004, maybe, I guess, awareness or awakening, I don't know. But basically, people were making fun of her. It's like, oh, you dreamed all of that shit. Like, you, you're you out to lunch and even doctors and everything like that. And to me, I'm like, man, such bullshit, right, that people still have a closed-minded cuz I was closed-minded last year. So, I'm a hypocrite just me talking to you guys about God and what happens after you die and near that experience. I feel like a hypocrite and I'm kind of healing my soul by putting it out there that man, like I I was wrong or I feel like I am wrong. But anyways, when she came back, she was um she had an ability, like a psychic ability of uh, now being aware of other people's feeling being aware of spirit and the truth of what is even in this world right and she started to go towards it and to practice it to she you know she had to change career she had to well not had to but she ch- she changed careers uh, because she wanted to uh, continue her search I guess to or even like to explain what had happened to her and what she was experiencing now because she was saying like experiencing everybody's feelings is no joke right so she started to seclude herself she started to not go out and to be in public because the energy was so intense uh, that she couldn't handle it so in her practice she was talking about um how she is starting to heal people by manipulating energy. I think they call it Reiki or whatever. I've never really read up on that. But it's like people that heal through their hands or whatever. And even that, like those people, last year I would have been like, what a fucking joke. You can't heal somebody by just healing energy. And no, I, I truly feel like... Anyways. So when she was explaining that, she was talking about how she imagines a white light and how when she's healing other people, she's you know, going or and feeling if there's any kind of darkness in the person or if there's any blockages. And what she does is she sends white light towards it. Well, let me tell you a story about that freaking white light. It blew my mind. When I was young, I was scared of the dark. I remember just being scared as well. When you take a shower and you close your eyes, I remember like I couldn't close my eyes for more than five seconds because they were freaked up. It would freak me out. I would think that maybe something would grab me from the drain or like I was literally scared. And that was for years. Like I'm talking years, all of my life until I don't know, like 18, 17, where I said, like, Man, this is ridiculous. I can't be afraid of just closing my eyes in the shower because. You know, if soap would come in my eyes, I would do everything possible to get that soap out just so that I can see and open up my eyes and not be scared. So anyways, I started practicing of, first of all, just closing my eyes while going up the stairs or closing my eyes during the daytime so that I would start getting comfortable with the darkness inside of me, I guess. And uh, it got better and better. And then at one point when I did MDMA... Uh, with my uh, now wife and uh, whatever friends i became like kind of like a wizard you know it was my big thing like for a full summer we did mdma like almost every weekend which is super dangerous i didn't know back then but never do mdma more than like once every 3 months because of i don't know something in your brain uh i'm i'm really dumb it's just the way it is and uh <laughs> so i became kind of like a wizard and I've always was a being of love even though I was afraid of the dark and wood but it doesn't matter the point is that at one point when it came to bad energy inside of me or inside of my house or whatever because my wife always was afraid of spirits and I never really believed in ghosts or spirits but I knew that during that time especially the wizard time that hey man maybe this shit is real and I I, in my imagination, my awareness, what I would do for her and for my friends is I would close my eyes and I would bring light inside the room, light inside of their heart, light everywhere. And I was, and, I, and I, they would tell me like, oh, my God, I feel it. And, of course, we were high on MDMA, but now it makes me question because I really thought I was just, you know, energy imagine it like i don't know i i didn't believe it fully and i always kind of played around with it and i always thought that i was super powerful because not that i because i didn't believe it but because my imagination and because my love and because i'm a scorpio i don't know man like it it was such a, a struggle inside of me it was like both anyways And when she was talking about that light, I'm like, oh, my God, I do this all the time for myself. And to tie it up to the story of uh, being afraid of the dark is that trick helped me tremendously inside of me on if I am afraid, like when I was afraid of the dark, I would close my eyes and I would imagine a light that would go, you know, at every corner of my room, like where there would be nothing that could be bad that would be able to come in inside my room, my awareness, my house. And I've been practicing that for years. Like, I'm so good at it. And so to tie it up, like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I've had so many experiences of this white light. And then right after that, my friend Yoshi sends me a message saying that one of his friends well i want to tell you a story so yoshi my sole brother yoshi um had a uh, boyfriend uh, after you know after peru and he was going out with this guy and he got leukemia and he died this year and after he passed away um i mean he had so much love for that guy that of course it kind of broke him a little bit but not that he was not spiritual like Yoshi was the guy is he's my soul brother archetype that taught me how to trust life fully he's the one that kind of guided me towards the silent mind because to be here and now and to have a quiet mind you need to trust life to trust God to trust Allah to trust Krishna whatever it is but you need to have a trust in something greater and for him it's life like just in general life he just had a trust of life when he was growing up and it's something that was strong in him and that he always carried with him and it's something that made him who he is today but anyways when he lost his uh, his uh, partner peter um every time that he would do a mushroom trip he would always feel like he he would be dying and peter would come in you know as a as an energy and at the beginning he he didn't want to not that he didn't want to see peter but he didn't want to die like he saw peter coming into his awareness and he was like no get away like i i don't want to die you know i want to live i want to live and he would go in a bad trip almost and it would be a a circular thing where all of his during all of his trips uh for a little while when he was on a mushroom the only thing that he would repeat out loud because i would be there for him like he would call me up when he would start bad tripping and he would just say over and over i want to live i want to live you know i want to live over and over and then not too long ago i guess a couple of months ago he had a trip and uh, i kind of confronted that fear with him and i was like dude like is peter there with you yeah then spend time with him. You miss him so much, you love him so much that you have this ability. Every time you take the mushroom, you have the ability to bring in spirit inside of your awareness and take the time and spend time with him. Because, oh, I have to say, his mother passed away, I'm not too sure how long ago, but before he went to Peru, like two weeks before, he did like a big five-gram mushroom trip where his mother came in like seriously like the way he explained it is that he was on the trip on the mushroom trip and everything went black and then he saw his mother like a white light come in sat beside him on the side of his bed and he she stayed there and kind of like they were side by side i don't know if they were hugging but the way that he explained it to me while we were in peru it's like god gave him the opportunity to be with his mom for like 10 to 20 minutes i'm not too sure of the times, but how insane that was, because while he was in Peru, he was like, man, like, after having an experience like that, you know, I I didn't really want to come to Peru. Like, I felt good, you know, about life and everything. Then when he got to Peru, his first trip that he did, um, it went bad. He, his uh, grandma, unfortunately, suffered from uh, mental disease, where she was in a mental institution because she was so-called crazy or whatever like that. And yet it always scared him to, to be like that one day. Well, when he took the ayahuasca, it he felt like there were there's people that came in to the maloca, grabbed him, brought him into a crazy lunatic place, and just shoved him in there. And he was there throughout the entire trip. And for him to be in a loony bin in that room, it was worse than death. Like he, after the ayahuasca trip, he wanted to kill himself. And he asked help for from two of uh, my soul brother and sister that we were in Peru. And, uh, and thank God he did that. And uh, the shamans came and helped him and we went through it. But that was... A crazy journey for him, and then the second ceremony he decided to just take a little bit of ayahuasca because he didn't want to go back and face that truth that you know he's afraid of this being becoming a loony bin and um, yeah, and then on the third ceremony, I think he had a good time, like he took just a little bit of the medicine, it was a good trip, and then in the or no the third ceremony he had the same fucking thing he thought that. Because on the second, he only took a little bit and he was doing good. On the third uh, ceremony, he took a little bit more. And again, he went back to that same freaking place where he felt suicidal because of the the loony bin kind of story that he was playing inside of his awareness. And then in the fourth ceremony, he just took a little bit just to be with us. But that was his journey in Peru. I mean, I'm not doing it justice. I'm sure there's a lot more. But from my perspective, that's what I saw. And then when he came back, that's when he was um, dating Peter and everything like that. And then I'm not not sure, but there's one of the big trips that he did. I think he took like 8 grams or 10 grams of mushroom. And he called me up. He's like, dude. And like I'm, I don't think he said, "Dude, obviously," but in his own way, he's like, "Man, I'm, I'm about to bat Trip, and I stayed with him for like four hours on the phone. And what he did is, he had two deaths. One of them was an emotional kind of death where his spirit kind of died, and then after that, he had a physical death where he was preparing. I could see it on the phone, like he was preparing his apartment. He was cleaning up because he didn't want to die in a dirty apartment and blah, blah, blah. And he was telling me that after the fact that when he went in his bed, he could feel his body getting colder and colder and colder. And he almost got the point to where he was about to die when he said, no, I want to live. And since that mushroom trip for like, oh, I would say four to five mushroom trip after that, um, he kept going back into that place where, it's as if the mushroom was telling him, die. But he kept fighting it and being like, no, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. And then when Peter died, he took mushrooms again after that, you know, to to experience life or whatever. And he kept going back to to that. But, in, but now Peter would come in to his awareness and his apartment and he would, saying hi Peter and everything like that but then two five minutes after he'd be like no I wanna live and he would kind of fight again the mushroom of I wanna live I wanna live so anyways not too long ago we confronted it together and I was like dude like when Peter comes in spend some time with him talk to him like he's there for you and obviously you don't have a fear of death you know that death is is only a beginning for your next journey and anyways, we together, he did it, of course. I didn't do shit. All I did was like, man, be there with Peter. Because like, I was jealous. I was so, well, jealous in a way. I, I was so afraid of death because I was on my journey and in looking into death and getting more comfortable with death. And seeing him going through his journey was so freaking encouraging that there's something more. Because first, when he saw his mother, and then second, Peter kept coming in. And, anyways, I, I I would have to talk to him, but I think he had a uh, a good time, and uh, but anyways, today he calls me up, and Peter's mom passed away. She broke her hip a couple of months ago, and events after events where she can I don't know, like she she just passed away from that injury, um. And he sent me a message of like, hey Dom, like I want to share with you that the more. I have, the more people, the more I experience death in my life, the more I'm getting comfortable with life and and the aspect of, like, uh, life. Because he knows, I don't know, like, he's, he's more, and that was crazy. When he told me this, it was such a paradox, right? Because... It's crazy. Like he's getting more and more comfortable because he realizes that, again, more and more, you know, you have to live in the moment and be here and now. And it's all about love. It's all about life and love. He also saw the movie Soul from uh, Pixar, and that's so spiritual on its own. But really, the big lesson is all about being here in the moment. It's not about a destiny. It's not about getting to a point in your life and saying all right i'm here now i'm happy no you can be happy here and now no matter what's going on no matter how fucked your life is if you go inside and you find your love monster and you use your imagination to bring light into your awareness your room your soul your heart um it was so magical like i i this entire day was blowing my mind on how spiritual it was and still like anyways Uh, yeah i'm losing my train of thought i'm so excited to share this with you guys um but yeah share like light soul monster trust of life and the idea and the knowledge death is going to be such a crazy, awesome experience. Mike Tyson talks about it all the time, and I keep referring to him as well of if, for him, life is so freaking glorious, right? Because what he's going through is insane, what his ups and downs that he's lived. And he's saying, like, if life is this crazy, then death has to be as crazy and or more. And I truly believe that through what I've been seeing through my soul brother, Yoshi, through Mike Tyson, through the internet and YouTube and the experience of the near-death experience of thousands of people, I'm, I'm guessing. Like, man, man. Um, and learning about Hinduism uh, uh, Hinduism this year, listening to the Bhagavad Gita, the Taoism, everything makes sense. Everything is correct. And I also wanted to talk to you about, like, how... Yeah, like the trust of life for me is getting so great that a lot of people are fearing that technology, industrial industrialism. Ah, what's that word? Industrialism. <laughs> oh man, my French and me. But you know, like a commercial, like a China uh, factories, pollution, the fact that we're like in a process of a mass extinction of all the animals, acidification of the ocean, blah blah blah. This, for me, when I was here and now and really being... Oh, uh, what's the word? Just here and now. What Mother is telling me inside of my soul is that do not be afraid for the earth because the earth is already dead. But also to see this as the next step without industrialism... Ah, man, I wish I would know that word properly. Uh, You wouldn't... Without technology you wouldn't be like technology is allowing us to go towards a mass awakening of people like mass awakening right the fact that i'm able to listen to people's near-death experience the fact that i can learn about hinduism fucking buddhism you name it any ism that there is and grabbing all of the good parts of religion and then being in contact with Yoshi who lives in New York and my friends my soul people my soul family from ayahuasca that has been such a great source of knowledge when it comes to source love understanding of what the fuck is going on or even me creating these podcasts and you guys getting a little bit of glimpse of spirituality in my insanity uh it's insane like it's it's anyways she was showing me that there is a balance to everything do not be sad for the world what we need to do is unite is to talk even the people that are on you know full on capitalism or globalism or whatever to not shun them and to push them aside as if these assholes are ruining the earth no These assholes have, (laughs) I I just call them an assholes, uh, have the, because I I do feel sadness for the world dying as well. I'm, you know, you guys are not alone. But these assholes are souls just like us. There are people just like us. And one-on-one, without knowing what they do in life, let's say you would be talking to somebody that cut trees for a living, which to me, nature, trees, Plants are everything to me. I would be sad to... Uh, but anyways, one-on-one, without knowing what they do, I would love that fucking person. I would, I would probably have a great conversation with them about X, Y, and Z and spiritual... Like, it doesn't mean that they are pure darkness or that they're evil. Bullshit. Like, it's we are all black and white inside of our souls. We are both... And both is necessary. And to trust that life has a purpose, meaning what is happening here and now, it's not happening without a reason. It's happening for whatever, you know, whatever reason. But to me, it's showing me that more and more we will awaken to this life and we will awaken to spirituality and we will awaken to the truth that death is not the end, and that we are all connected. We are not separate. The fact that we're living in separate houses or separate stories, separate journey, that's cool. It's meant for us to learn and to show and to show like uh, that all of our journeys are unique and so beautiful and so special, and we are one. You know, you are me. It it also connects to like. When my daughter went inside of her soul to find the Gene Simmons archetype to be able to snap out of her anger and her sadness, same thing. Same thing. It applies. It's, you know, <laughs> it's not like Gene Simmons and Kiss Group has done anything positive uh, to the world when creating those mass concerts and blowing up shit and creating, like, a shit ton of pollution. Um, but... They, they played a role in my daughter's life to find love. And even that little thing makes it so that it's freaking worth it. They are worth it. They are awesome in my, in my point of view. And again, like, you know, it's hard because I still feel the pain of the world. I still feel the pain of what you guys are going through, what I'm going through with the death of my cousin or the addictions that i've had in the past or the sadness and the depression that i've had to the physical pain oh my god i've had so much physical pain growing up and only now am i getting through it and i'm actually you know getting better through spirituality now i tell you the only way that i was able to heal my physical pain was with the trust of life seriously guys like It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And as well, that's why I'm so encouraging, like, the insanity inside of your mind. The woman was talking about, like, uh, the near-death experience woman that was talking about light and everything, that more and more she's getting better and better at sending light, you know, inside of somebody's body. But she says that the only way to do it is to silence your mind and to find tricks to be here and now so that you can silence your mind and be able to concentrate on the love. And again, that blew my mind again, because I am silent mind. How did I get there for me? Trust, mother, breath, the whim off breathing, but more importantly, the breath, just single breath, knowing that every single breath that I take is a reflection of mother. I am not this body. I am not. And as well, the idea that I'm insane, right? Because at first I was, I had, I was talking to myself to be able to silence my mind. I was saying, Yo, Dom, like you need to chill the fuck out. Like even tonight, uh, when my wife, I was super tired, and she asked me to do something, and boom, the the internal monologue came super loud, saying, Oh motherfucker, like I don't want. Like why is she asking me this? And then and I and I had to turn to my to Dom to say, Dom, I know you're tired. Chill the fuck out. That's not cool what you're doing, man. Be here and now. Find your love, monster. You got this, buddy. And I was encouraging myself as if I was a complete lunatic. So it ties in as well with Yoshi, you know, his grandma. How people are treated like fucking loonies when they start talking to themselves. How they answer themselves. And I say fuck you. We are not lunatics. We have the understanding that this body is not ours, and that here, you know, mother, this illusion, life, this is only an illusion. And everybody talks about it in the near-death experience of when they get on the other side and they feel that love, they feel like they're home. This is not our home. This is a place, like this is a schoolyard. This is hell on earth, but It's a hell if you want it to be, or it's heaven if you want it to be, or it's both. It's whatever you want it to be. And even then, do you even have a choice? More and more, I'm believing that our illusion is just here to teach us what we already planned with God. And we're just basically going through the motion and just like the letter of uh, mother that I, I told you guys about in the previous uh, podcast I don't know which one but the point is is that what do you see you know what do you want this world to be and I'm telling you man I'm telling you be insane talk to yourself silence your mind spread light find your love monster go insane you in and, and a good way right like It doesn't matter, yet everything matters. The Paradox are crazy. Oh, man, what a cool podcast. I never expected for it to to turn this way. I really was flowing. I want to thank you, freaking Yoshi. I want to thank you, Mother. I want to thank you, all of the people that had crazy near-death experience, that often when they come back, they have a lot of trauma because motherfuckers don't believe them. Or people, we have to... Stand together. I am with you guys. If you guys want to talk about God, you're God, you're Allah, you're Hinduism, you're whatever. I'm here for you because it matters. You guys matter. Your story matters. And the more fucked up your story is, the better. I tell you the better because when you're going to heal from that fuck up, fucked up trauma, it's going to feel like... Ooh, I can't even explain it I want you to experience it and the only way you'll be able to experience it now again my opinion is to go inward and to let the light shine through your soul you know what I mean oh man be here and now silence your mind whim off breathing the breath you guys got this I got this this is crazy I love you all with all my heart so fucking much Monkey and Frank, baby. Monkey and Frank for life. I love you guys.